Hello and welcome to What's Love, the podcast. This is a podcast series brought to you by Zango Zubidel and in collaboration with the Soul City Institute for Social Justice. Hello there and welcome to What's Love, a podcast for women focusing on all things finance and legal related, brought to you by me, Zanga Zulugel, in collaboration with the Soul City Institute for Social Justice, an intersectional feminist organization that focuses on the rights of young women and girls. In each episode, we will discuss a case study or a story about a financial or legal matter that many women find themselves in. And we hope that it will help all of us to learn how to make good financial and legal decisions in our relationships. Now, I do not do this alone. I'm always joined by my co-host and legal expert, Denye Kombenze from Teresa Now. And from time to time, we will invite guests who will come and share some of their insights with us. So on today's episode, we are joined by Mahauta Mpahlele, a finance expert from Ituseng Credit Solutions. The three of us will discuss Mary's story, a woman who found out four months after a letter had been sent by the bank that their house would be auctioned and when it was already auction time. But her husband had known and received this letter, but had hidden from her. How are you guys? Good, good. How are you? Oh, wow. I'm good. I'm good. Even better to see you. And you, Mahauta? I'm great. Thank you. And hello to our listeners. Yeah, no, great, man. It's always good. <laughs> guys, this week I received this request for assistance, and I hope you will help me help this person. So it comes from a woman. I will call her Mary. Now, Mary just found out very recently that her husband received summons from the bank because the couple, the family, had been struggling to pay the bond. But he hid this information that there was a summons from her for four months. <laughs> when she found out, the house was going to be auctioned. Now, Mahout, <laughs> four months. One, two, three, four. Mm. This man knew and said nothing. But I don't think he's alone. Hey, Many of us get these letters of mm. demands. We get the phone call. Yeah. Mm. We get the calls. And, you know, we ignore them. Firstly, let's just start there. What should we do the first time we know we've got a debt, like in this case, a bond, but we know that we've got financial difficulties, we're not going to be able to meet the repayments. What should we do? Uh, the most important thing is that you need to keep the communication lines between you and your credit provider open. A lot of mm. us, we go there, we ask for credit, we sign forms, we are happy, we know who our creditors are. Okay. But the minute we get into trouble, we are afraid to speak to them. And I understand that fear because mm. 
sometimes, you know, the call center agents are trained to collect and not to listen to your stories. Mm. But these days, credit providers understand that people do go through difficulties and they do have solutions in-house okay. to assist people. But as long as you approach them early. So that would be the first step to go and talk to your credit providers, uh, alert them uh, about your financial situation and negotiate to repay lower installments until you can get back on your feet. I mean, that is the first one. I'm very happy to hear that they are open uh, yeah. to that because I think the fear is people, as you said, call mm. center agents. Yeah. But you could write an email. Um, yes, you could. No, usually you have to call. So you must because call. Because okay. you don't know, you don't have an email address. Okay. All credit providers have a call center number, an 086 number, okay. customer number. And when you, when you go in, actually there is an option that says if you have payment difficulties, press 5. Oh, wow. Yes. They are anticipating. <laughs> you may no, they know. <laughs> they know. Yeah. They know. Credit providers know. Everybody, mm -hmm. even our government has debt. Yeah. So, and they also have to negotiate. Even big companies go bankrupt. So yeah. getting into debt and getting into financial difficulties is not unique. Mm. Where there is credit, there will always be some form of difficulty. And remember, sometimes it's for things that are beyond your control. Yeah, you could be true. going on maternity leave. You could have been depending on, on a joint income in a marriage. Mm. And when that marriage dissolves or the partnership doesn't work anymore, then you all of a sudden you have one income. You could yeah. be self-employed and your income is irregular. You could be depending on commission. And, you know, sometimes that sector is not doing very well yeah. so there are valid reasons why all of us i mean i've been through the same mm. i mean mm. issues of retrenchment mm. because uh, your financial advisors would say that you need to have six months cushion mm. i can tell you that in south africa you want it's, it's very difficult to find a job within six months Absolutely. so six months mm. comes and goes two years you were retrenched you are still looking for a job yeah so uh, people should not feel guilty because mm. a lot of the time it's guilt, it's embarrassment, it's self-blame to say, why didn't I do this? I could have done it better. Especially if the over-indebtedness come out of a, a relationship that didn't work out, yeah. like yeah. the dissolution of a marriage of a, a partnership. Yeah, mm. I, I absolutely love how you demystify you know, that getting into trouble because mm. often when I feel like I'm over indebted, the first thing I do is to blame myself, yeah. you know, and, and want to hide it. My first reaction yes. is just, can I please hide this? Yeah. I even walk around the street as if people can see that uh, <laughs> things are not okay. Yeah. So I think I, I, I love that very much to be saying it, it's, it's like any other thing when, when you've taken life out. Life happens. Life happens. Yes. Life happens. That, that we must remember. That's going to be my mantra. Life, life happens. happens. <laughs> but what are our rights and obligations as consumers? Let's say you, you've called, you know, what are your rights? What are you entitled to when, especially when you are in debt or in financial difficulty? Well, the entitlements come when the credit provider starts proceeding with some form of action against you. Okay. So I'll just explain the process in the National Credit Act. Mm. The National Credit Act says that if you are in arrears with 
within with a month, mm. which they call 20 business days in the Act, the credit provider has to send you a letter that we call a Section 129 notice. Okay. A Section 129 notice is a bit of a friendly letter. Mm. It is saying, Mahauta, you are behind with your repayments. Please come and talk to us or consult a debt counselor or alternative dispute resolution agent to do two things for them to help you and me to talk to bring uh, to uh, come up with a plan mm. to bring the areas up to date mm. or for you to choose if you want to go under debt counseling you have 10 business days after that letter is sent to you to respond to the credit provider the thing with a section 129 letter it is sent to the nearest post office Okay. So a lot of people don't get it. Yeah. But I always say, you know, you owe. So why are you running away? You're running away. You're not responding to telephone calls. You are not contacting your credit providers. Mm. If you do get that letter, you can on your own go to your credit providers, explain your problems and come into arrangement. Or you can come to people like us who will draw up an income and expenditure statement and make a proposal to the credit provider. Le Bukhang is pregnant. She's on maternity. I mean, she's had a baby. She was on maternity leave for the next three months. Yeah. Her income has reduced. She cannot pay you 500. She can pay you 250. Yeah. They agree to those things. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. So that is the purpose of Section 129. Yeah. Don't be afraid of it. Mm. But Mahauda, what about situations? Um, I've, I've had a client mm. who tried to negotiate um, with the creditor. Mm. They tried themselves, right? Because mm. life happened. Mm. Adulting mm -hmm. is hard, you know? <laughs> and they had uh, a South African hiatus from work, which is over six months. Mm. When they negotiated and said, I can't pay this much, mm. but this is how much I can pay. And I've been showing you that when I do get a little bit of something because I, I have skills mm. And, mm. I, and I can work in the knowledge economy, mm. I pay you and I pay mm. you more than I should. Mm. The people did not want to negotiate. They said, no, but our client says they want this amount and this amount only. It's either you pay us the installments of mm. this amount mm. or you pay us the full amount of money. You know, So what happens in that situation? Uh, the important thing is that uh, a lot of the time we speak to a call center agent. Obviously, yeah. every call center agent is given a mandate and that mandate is limited that they are given instruction that they can only accept so much they can ask. So it is very important to learn to escalate okay. matters mm. to, to a more senior person mm. who will, because that's how there's a hierarchy mm. within credit providers, especially with banks, mm -hmm. to say who will approve what. Yeah. Okay. Call center agents will be difficult because anyway, their hands are tied. Yeah. So, but if you, and, and, Section 129 doesn't say what the credit provider must accept. Okay. So each and every credit provider have their own policy mm. of how they will help you. Mm. So that aspect is not legislated. Okay. The aspect that is legislated is that they must send you the letter mm. and you must come and talk to them. Yeah. So bank A will agree. Bank B will have its own, will say we'll take 50, 60%. Mm. Bank 2 will say we'll give you a payment holiday if yeah. you are retrenched. So mm. there's nothing in law that says that they must, they must respond. Must ask you know, mm. agree to something specific. Yeah. But that is why you have uh, ADR agents and debt counselors because 
when then you are not able to do it yourself, you then go to a professional mm. who, who will assist you to then deal with that process. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's good advice. Go to somebody yeah. if you are yeah. not getting joy. So why do you think Mary's husband hid the information? Because you are, you, let's assume that in this case there were all of those letters. I mean, Mary herself is basically saying she found out, like the husband knows mm. in month one, Mary finds out in month five when things are already, you know, clearly the husband had not even done what you are saying of mm. contact and trying to negotiate. Why do you think Mary hid this information from, I mean, the, the husband, her husband yeah. uh, dealt this um, but, information? Uh, yeah, but I need to say that Mary also was wrong. Mary knew. Oh, Mary knew. Oh, oh, no, no, no. no she Mary. knew that they were in arrears. Because oh, she was okay. the one who was servicing the debt, okay. the bond. Okay. Okay. Also, oh, she stopped uh, yeah. servicing so, the bond. Yeah. So, although they are married in community of property, which means that the summons would then be in both their names. Okay. Because. But yeah. you are saying even before the bank took action, the fact that you know that I'm supposed to be paying ten rands, but I'm paying five rand, you yes. know there's a problem. You know there's a problem. Wow. Yeah. But the husband now gets a letter. Yeah. Why do you think they well, hid it? Well, for him, it is an embarrassment okay. as a husband, mm. as, as somebody who should be responsible. And, and you don't know the dynamics between the couple, you mm. know. So for most of us, it would be a difficult thing. Yeah. And, and any I've seen in, this, in these things that people imagine not being able to provide for your children, not being able to put a roof over their heads mm. you know will you just wave the summon and say baby tomorrow our house is being auctioned wow. you can't you yeah, can't do that it's a very difficult decision and men are wired to be providers mm. so I, I i would say probably there was nothing malicious about it but emotionally it was something very difficult for him to face mm. i think both of them to face and to deal with it and that is not uncommon okay most people who are in debt procrastinate Sure. They know. They think it will go away. They think for some reason it will go away. And mm. luckily we were able to save the situation. Mm. But that is why I said before it gets to summons, you would have received calls. Yeah. Because the, the, the collection process is that they start with a soft call, okay. which means a soft collection process. Hi. You know, uh, you were supposed to pay on the 25th. We see you haven't paid. Mm. If you answer those calls there and there, you can negotiate and say, sorry, oh, wow. yeah, I will pay you next week or I can only afford 50 rand. So it is important that they have your correct contact details. Mm. And when they call you, you pick up the phone and you tell them the situation and you make a reasonable arrangement. Don't tell them you will pay something that you will not afford. Mm. So don't put true call on your phone so that when you see <laughs> true uh, like, no, or do whatever put you true like caller. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Do put true caller and do answer that phone because at that moment the reason they are calling you is to find out what is happening. And, and to give you an opportunity. And to, to give you an opportunity to say 
you know, I, I do that all the time myself. I'm self-employed. Those months where the money did not come in or a client yeah. paid late, I have to answer the bank and say, I guys, sorry, the client didn't pay. I'm waiting for the invoice to be paid. I'll pay you as soon as I get it. And then they will say, estimate when. Mm. I will say about the 30th, you know, or whatever date. And they will note it on the system okay. that Mahauta said he will pay this amount on the 15th. And usually thing, life goes on you get the money you pay them and and life continues you must just remember when you get the money to pay him yeah to fulfill your obligation <laughs> yeah so some never. of us may just forget <laughs> i mean but we're excited it's money yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. important it's to pay your debts yeah. because then it affects your profile yeah. so that is why i'm saying the call then if they call then they don't get you Mm. That's when they will issue the 129 notice to okay. say, now we are starting the formal process. And then if you don't respond to the 129, they will issue a summons yeah. to say, we've tried to find you, you haven't come back, or you went back to them, they didn't accept the proposal. If they accept the proposal, you are fine. As long as you pay in line with what was agreed, they will never repossess, they won't proceed with legal action. Okay. Wow, mm. that is empowering information. Mm. But, but, but I think, you know, the, the issue with men being wired to, to provide is such a, a, a big issue. It's such a big patriarchal issue. It because is. in fact, in this economy, mm. uh, the reality that um, it is their job to provide is long gone, hey? So it looks yeah. like our cultures are taking a long time to adapt mm. to the reality. Many women are actually earning more yes. uh, than men. Many mm. women are able to get into uh, opportunities. Mm. Uh, I mean, men still earn a lot. I, I don't want, you know, to perpetuate the stereotype <laughs> that says, oh, women are getting all the opportunities. But the fact that at a household level, there could be the situation that as a husband, you are not able to provide or you are not even able to provide as much as you used to. It's a reality. So I think mm. also culturally, we need to be, you know, dispelling these myths that says as a man, you need to, to, to provide. But also realistically speaking, in South Africa men barely provided for their families because okay. they were away from their families. Yeah. So how are you able to say you you are actually the provider? You're sending money, but you don't know what that money is buying okay. and you don't know if that money is enough. So you are saying the financial decisions even before were yes. made by women. Yes. Yes. And, and I think you've got a point. Yes. If I'm working in the mines as a man, and I send the woman money, you are the one that's going to divide it. And, yeah. and, I, and, and I'm sure often they even didn't send enough money, not because yes. they didn't want to, but because they were not earning enough. So yeah. it is the woman who will Have buy the find. flower mm. and make sure that they do maguinha and sell it and, you know, to earn more money. So exactly. people have to be enterprising. So we exactly. also need to, you know, there's what we believe, uh, our beliefs, but there's also what practically happens in yeah. many homes. But society also is not helping because yeah. because more and more and women are entering the workplace, are earning money. We are yet to be able to deal with the reversal of roles. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I always say as women we've been saying the work that we are doing in the home. Mm. Cleaning, looking after the kids, you know, making sure the home is intact. Mm. The minute it's done by a man, we are the first one as women to laugh at you or your husband. True. 
True. doesn't work. He's True. sitting at home looking. But that's what is wrong with that? What yeah. is wrong with it? It's work. Yeah. You would pay a professional yeah. to do you that would, if your I husband wasn't that. doing it. And we as women have been saying we must be paid for that work. The yeah. minute a man does it, we then think the stigma. The stigma is mm. there. And mm. I think we need to change our mindset. Mm. Households need to be able to decide who will do what. Yeah. If it's the woman who has to work, the man stays at home and he does the work without complaining, without saying he's being undermined because mm. he doesn't work each time there's a problem. Mm. Yeah. Because that also... That also happens, yeah. Men are also... The, I, I know very few men who play that role well without politicizing it. Yeah, and and making mm. any comment that you make, yeah, yeah. now mm. that you're yeah. okay. Sometimes you it's, tell it's me very psychological. Do. It's got yeah. nothing to do with the actual conversation yes. or the problem we're trying to solve. Mm. At that moment, you just feel, but this is my trump card and this is how I'll make you shut up. Yeah. Mm. Just because you earn more money, you think yeah, you're better think than you me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. So I, th I think there's a, there's a, there's a a lot but you mentioned Mahauta that they are married in community of property yes. now Diniko bring your legal <laughs> mind here what is this in like what does it mean to be married in community of property and how does this affect this woman in this case because Mahauta says in mm. community you are all to blame for this debt. Mm. Just tell us about that marriage contract, just as a start. In yeah. of, what does it mean? You know, if I sign today, I hope somebody, <laughs> when we finish here, <laughs> makes me a worthy woman and makes me sign a paper. All right. In okay. a community of property. Explain that. Um, simplest terms, what's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. Um, in every sense of the word. So your debts, you. your assets your legal responsibilities, your obligations. There are certain contracts you can't enter without your spouse. Um, there are certain things you can't buy without your spouse. Um, your spouse has to notify you about a lot of things. So like big ticket items, you can't do them without your spouse because so you guys are you one mean. person. So in community of property means, did you go stops being Tenyeko label, stops being label. We are now one entity. Yes. So big, you said big. So like big, big items, items, like what? we car? need to consent. So if I want to buy a car, I must ask for your consent. Okay. If I want to buy a house, I must ask for your for consent. But with a house, it must be written consent. Okay. So I can't just say, yeah, but I spoke to label. Okay. I must have a paper that says, look, label agrees. Label signed. She signed. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, Certain, so if there's a judgment against me, you're also roped into that judgment. No, 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 no. Slow down. So as my father nice was speaking. It's nice when we <laughs> come together and buy things. Yes. That part I understood <laughs> and I liked. <laughs> because I, I want to find somebody. I've always fancied no, staying in a very no. expensive house. All right. So I like the fact that we could buy a house together because I bring my five bob, you bring your five bob, we've got one rent. That part I think I understand. That's nice. The judgment. So let's say you go and you buy a big car you can, or you start a business or whatever judgment you get. And I've been very good. Mahauta spoke in our previous podcast about financial personalities. Maybe mm. I'm the personality that saves money and mm. my credit record and profile is good. And you are the marketer's dream. That's your personality. Reckless. And you get a judgment. Mm. 
it's my judgment too. Yes. yes. Uh, if I can't service the debt, you must service the debt. Isn't we are one? What's oh, mine right. is yours. What's yours is mine. And important to note, what's yours and mine includes debt that was incurred before you got yes. married. I know, man. We are yes. together I forever. Know, yeah. so, we were together mm. pre-birth. If I got debt <laughs> when I was 16, because as a 16-year-old, I'm allowed to take out contracts. Mm. And we get married at 25. That debt is and that debt, I've been I've been servicing it and and renewing it every now and again. And when we got married, I still had that debt. It is now our debt. Okay, L- let me let me get this straight <laughs> because uh, my head is spinning right now. I've never been married. Yes, I'm 49. I am most likely going to meet somebody who's had a life. Correct. Because I've also had a life. Correct. Mm. And they may have done things. Mm. Yes. And I actually don't remember with the many men that I've dated us having a conversation about who do you owe, who don't you owe. Mm. So I could, I mean, I owe people, but I'm managing now, you know, with myself Uh. and the people that I owe. I could just wake up tomorrow with a, a marriage and a community of property and owing a debt, yeah. ten times more than what I owe now. Yes. I mean, if you're going to marry a reckless spender... I can, I'm not asking debt. them, so I won't know. I, I, I want mm. people to sing Isengani Lengani. <laughs> That's all I'm interested in. Oh, I, if, you are, yeah, if you're doing Isengani Lengani, then you definitely know nothing about this person and you find out when you're now sleeping in bed with them <laughs> that, oh, this, this is who you are. And yeah. I've inherited the debt. Yes. yes. And Lebo, that is why uh, when I speak to couples, and especially young women, is that you need to know who you are marrying financially. So you do need to see the credit bureau report of your future husband or wife. Both of guys, you needs to sit together, yes. We started with saying you must go and test together for HIV. Yes. Correct. How did we get here? Ah, this is another form of <laughs> HIV. Yes. Isn't it a sexually transmitted <laughs> death? Yes. <laughs> it's another form of HIV. So why would I marry in community of property? Um, yeah, it's a cultural thing. Historical it's it really thing. no. I wouldn't even say cultural mm. thing. I don't know. It's a common thing. It's now a common thing, but I wouldn't say cultural thing. What is it? Let's 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 use the 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 the, um, the Winnie Mandela versus the Mandela estate case. Mm. That the the argument the 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 Winnie side had was that culturally that house is my house. Mm-hmm. You know, so culturally, when you divorce, I the, the the wife keeps the house and those assets because those assets are for the child for the children, right? Mm. So culturally, mm-hmm. we didn't have this thing of I must take on your debts. We share whatever we share. We grow ourselves, yeah. but. I think what you I know? mean is that it sort of was the default. It's the default. It's the default. Yeah. You know, no one questioned it. Yeah. It was the thing to do. And and a lot of people only think about the side of acquiring yes. somebody's assets. Yes. You know, a woman would go and say, when he dies, I want to get everything. Mm. And it does not necessarily work that way. So that's what I mean, that it has always been the default. Yeah. And also sometimes when I speak to young women, it's also some fine kind of emotional um, uh, oh being whole, held ransom to say if 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 you don't uh, want to share everything that you have with me it means you don't love me 
I, I've had that. And, mm. and I think you are absolutely on to the money because that's just how patriarchy works. Mm-hmm. You know, I think patriarchy thrives when women are disempowered. Mm. So when you meet this guy and they say, you know, they make a decent woman out of you by marrying you, it's disempowering to... Because to, to, to currently I'm indecent. Yeah, because currently, yeah, no, I'm, I'm past the indecent. <laughs> I'm still. <laughs> Never married at 49. Still. What about me? Oh, my, oh God. my God. Yeah, no, you and I uh, must just be put in the dustbin somewhere. But, but, but on a serious note, I do think that patriarchy, it's intentional. This And, and I agree with Mahout. It's mm-hmm. a very common uh, thing. But it suits patriarchy because then... I almost become the child, ne? if every time no, I need to course. do something, you need to sign. Mm. But I think we are also not, uh, and, and I think families, uh, particularly in, in many cultures where families become so involved in two people getting mm. married, it becomes a very difficult conversation to have mm. around, I don't want in community of property. Mm. People are saying, that the arguments I have heard is, oh, so you are preparing for divorce. No. Why don't you want in community of property? I mean, I would say you're preparing for death. Okay. Why are we not preparing for death? Yeah, which is going to happen. Because death is definitely certain. We may or may not divorce, yeah. but we are definitely both going to die at some point. Wow. If we're not preparing for death, then what is the point of this? We're going to have mm. children. Mm. And then when one of us dies, because we, we've we decided to be a half of each other, they freeze both of our estates. When so, you, I can't access anything but my salary. Yes. I'm not preparing for death. Why am I not preparing for death? So that at least when you die, I still have access to all that I have, my assets, and I can use that so to keep the family going forward. So if your husband dies and you are married in community of property, all of that gets frozen. Yes. yes. If you have a joint account, it will be frozen. Until the estate is it's wound up, is wound which can up take months, eh? forever. Ooh, it can take years. It can take years. So, <laughs> statutorily on the website, it does say it'll take anything between three to six months. But don't hold your hopes high. It's definitely going to take a long time because sometimes there, there might be things that need to be corrected. There might be something that you didn't pick up on. There might be a data who comes back after the 30 days of advertising have closed and sends a letter saying, oh no, but this person owed me. You have to now verify, is this a mm. true data before you can even put them on, on the listing to say, okay, this is a data that the estate must pay. So you can imagine what if now when this person dies, they had the estate, both of you guys accumulated more debt than your assets. So now you, you are broke. Just sure. because this person has died, you are now broke. You started minus. I think it's depressing what you're talking about. You know, we started with talking about marriages and stuff and I was getting excited. I'm getting a little bit depressed now. Let me just warn you. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot because I think for me what it brings up is the fact that there is two people loving each other and intending to spend their lives together, mm-hmm. which is the emotional part, the beautiful part, mm-hmm. where people uh, sing Mako away to mm-hmm. and all the other songs. I, oh, I so personally think the Mako Jesus. No, I personally prefer <laughs> saying Nani Lengai, personally, for me. <laughs> but 
marriage at the end is a contract. It is. No? And it's a legal, sober, no emotions attached contract. Because yes. it's not only giving you legitimacy, which is often what I hear people saying they marry because it gives them legitimacy. I'm, I'm the proper mm. wife. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the proper wife. But it also, um, I think for me, says that you must be sober. So I, you spoke about death. For me, what's important is that we can actually take risks if we sign a different marriage contract. Let's say you are an entrepreneur mm, and I'm yes, not. Yeah, no. So you can go and take 10 million and, and experiment with it. And if things don't work out, it's fine because mm. we are not in a marriage contract that binds me. And mm. you can sustain the family. Yes. And I can, sustain, can sustain the family. Yes. So it's even when you are alive where you mm. say, mm, I don't think this, oh, wow. Now, what other marriage contracts Tineko, are there that, that we can enter into that are not going to make me and uh, inherit your debt? Antinuptial contracts, okay. which are commonly known as prenups because okay. we take everything that the Americans throw at us. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and there's a song that we want prenup. Okay. In South Africa, there are two different kinds of antinuptial contracts you can enter into. Okay. There's the one that everyone automatically thinks about when they think of an ANC, mm-hmm. which is out and out. What's mine is mine and what's yours is yours. Okay. You keep your debts, you keep your assets. Whatever, if you want to give me something, you have to specifically gift it to me and mm-hmm. register. So if you're buying me a car, you, you register that car in my name. Okay. You know, and then you register that you're the one who's going to be servicing the debt um, yeah. because you're buying me that car as opposed to where in community of property, you could have easily just bought the car, left it in your name, but given it to your wife. It makes no difference because when it's shared, it's, it's shared to everyone. Okay. Right. And then the second kind is where you enter into um, an antinatural contract with accrual. Okay. Which means that whatever we build on during the marriage, mm. we build on together. Mm-hmm. It excludes all the risks and liabilities. Okay. So if you enter into debt, that's excluded. That's, oh, okay. That's not my business. I do, my business and the business of our marriage is to grow each other, and that's what we focus on. Anything that's a loss, we leave it aside. Okay. Now you can decide with this particular contract if you want to do a emotional type of contract where you say even the assets that I had before I met you because I was planning for a future with my future partners, future spouse, I will share those assets with you. So we will start at zero. Okay. So the um, let's say 300 that I came in with and the 100 that you came in with we're going to pretend like we didn't come in with them. It'll be zero, zero. Okay. So when at the end of the marriage, we've made um, 1,200, they're going to share the 1,200 equally, equally okay. as opposed to starting me off at 300 and starting you off at 100 and only sharing the balance of 800 equally. Okay. Did I, did I hear you correctly when you said it, it does not, so it's, a, it's what you accrue. Not yes. the debts that you make. Yes. So no, if even you go, the assets, yeah. Yeah, so if you go and, and, and you, you get a judgment, uh, they don't come after me. No, no, I'm safe from your judgment. Any legal matters, any disputes that you have, all of those things do not affect me. We specifically contract out of this. Okay. This, I think, is the highest form of love. Yeah. Because I'm telling you that if ever I'm in trouble, yeah. 
you know, I don't want you to be in trouble with me. Yeah. I, I, I want somebody who loves me. But that you way. can choose to help yes. me as my yes. partner. Yes. Yeah. But we won't be tied together into this. And it's quite dangerous because when it is, it is a joint asset kind of situation, the, people don't even understand that. COP. Because people mm. think that when they divorce, that joint liability goes away. Oh, yes. So. It doesn't go away because I have women that come to me and say, no, we are divorced. We have a settlement agreement that says he will service the bond. The bank is not, the no, bond. even if he does or doesn't, the bank is not interested in that settlement agreement. You had a credit agreement that you had to jointly serve. jointly it will remain joint and in their eyes they are like the lord in yes. their eyes whether you divorce or not you yeah, remain for, jointly you remain I, for would, them. Yeah. I would say it's more of a risk in that since now you've decided you're not servicing the bond mm. and mm. your your ex-spouse is servicing the bond mm. if they don't service it if your ex-spouse is like mary's current spouse yeah, yeah. And they don't tell you that they're having financial difficulties yeah, and, they are not and that there's been a summons that's mm. occurred. The house will be taken away from you. Mm. In as much as it's registered in your name, someone mm. else is servicing the bond. So sure. the bank has been sending the letters to that person because that person has taken the liability with the bank. Mm. But you are the one who ultimately suffers at the end of the day. Yeah. Because mm. you don't have control Yes, and that is why yeah. it's either you sell or you buy out somebody. Yeah. If you don't do that and change those things at the bank, you remain... I mean, I had a liable. friend who said that they had to even share their pension. Yes, you have to. And, and you know, I worked hard, you know, and I work hard. <laughs> and if I really had to share my pension with anybody... <laughs> You may find me in a hoodie in the wow. corner of some dark alley trying other means. And, and because the, imagine, you know, I mean, retirement age, 60, 65. So I'm closer to my retirement than I was when I started working. And somebody, just because of an orgasm last week, we get married. <laughs> and get half. That's an expensive orgasm, man. You were going to share this pension if you guys had not divorced? Hey, comrade, I just think <laughs> if they go with a mamgani, can I not please be involved? And level, they will get it before you reach your retirement age. Please it gets don't. paid out yeah, no. before. Yeah, no. Mm. Yeah. So it's very important for people to understand these things. And the thing about also in communities that uh, to Nico did say that you have to give written permission, but some contracts say that I agree that I have consulted my partner. So they put the onus on you without even receiving the written permission. And that is why I've seen many women who wake up and the husband has racked up a lot of debt mm. based on that contract. Yeah, that's the one they way the, the partner just you. needs to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So as long as you confirm to the debtor that you did what you're supposed to do, yes. then they it's can give you that. As, as, yeah, yeah, because it's not it's their done. job to follow up with yeah. your partner. Yeah, and it's not their job to find out whether you still talk to each other or you don't talk to each other. Yeah. So the con most contracts puts the onus on the one applying to confirm contractually that they did consult their partner and in some cases they do sign that without even having done that it sounds so 
I'll go for. But that's a good the, thing. If you if, the, if this person did not consult you and you read this contract, and it says this person consulted you, all you need to say is I was never consulted. Yeah, yeah but I can this, word, this is fraudulent. Yeah. But uh, when it's nice, we don't do that. Mm. We only wake up when it's not nice. So let's go back to Mary. Mahauda, you said you managed to help Mary. What did you do? So what can be done in this situation? So wh- how did you, let's use this case study to say, what is it that you did? Okay, so when, when uh, remember we said you receive 129. If you don't respond to 129 yeah. or there's no agreement at the 129 stage, they will be they will issue a summons mm. the thing with a summons is that you don't have to get it in your hand sure so it can be delivered to your house pasted on a door a gate or whatever as long as the sheriff can show the uh, proof of return mm. so it can fly away you know and yeah. you don't have it but mm. that's why i say if you know you you have a problem deal with your bank yeah. or your creditors so summons gives you it will tell you that you need to go to the magistrate's court to enter uh, that you will defend the matter. Mm. So you need to respond to the summons. The the days is usually 20 days will be specified in the summons where you have to write back and say, I will defend mm. to clock off the court. Mm. And then after that, they will give you another month days they will specify where you have to write your defense okay. a lot of people are afraid of courts mm. eh? they, are they don't know it's it's scary i yeah. understand mm. but sometimes you don't even need an attorney you need so we advised mary to uh, we we did a budget for her income and expenditure mm-hmm. to show why there is a shortfall and the reason there was a shortfall was that the husband for the past three years Hadn't had lost anything. their job wow. so we then said they must go to the police station and uh, write up an affidavit that the the husband is not working anymore mm. and that is why they were not able to service the full uh, amount of the monthly mm. uh, mortgage repayment and then we told her to go to court, approach the clerk of the court, mm. and inform the clerk of the court that she wants to defend. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she was allowed. So we contacted the attorneys for the bank and okay. asked them when the, the hearing will be. They told us the date. On that date, we told her to go. She went. And actually, she, when she came back, she was so surprised and so happy because she said there were many of the of these cases but no one was there to defend wow, themselves she so, was the only one yes mm. they were getting default judgments if you are not there they will get a judgment that we call a default judgment but she was able to speak to the magistrate wow. and the matter was removed and and now they are talking with the attorneys the auction was stopped wow yeah and we wow. helped her to make arrangements so you saved a family a home yes mm. Because more than the debt, there's a home. The there's, there's a home. There's memories and that's about that have that. been yeah. created. Children there's children. Homeless. Yeah. And, and, and with, with housing, uh, our law is very uh, strict. Remember, okay. mm. there is that constitutional right mm. to a home. So if it is your primary resident, the judge really needs to apply their mind. And yeah. that was a constitutional court ruling that you cannot just chuck out people from their houses. Wow. So we were able to do that. But the important lesson out of this was that don't ignore 
these letters don't ignore someone says i mean we are able to save even at auction stage mm. wow and, and seek mm. advice and yes. i think if she hadn't come to you mm. true i'm thinking the same thing <laughs> you know it would have been a different be taking that stand to go out and mm. admitting we are in debt you mm. initially said it's not a shame life mm. happens mm. and taking action mm. yes. that's very very important i think i mean i I'm absolutely, you know, astounded at how much resources there are. Mm. And as much as you say the law is, um, I mean, the courts are scary, but we've got laws that are very protective in South Africa. True. Yeah, but people don't utilize them because True. they don't know. Yeah. And because they are scared. I mean, the, the courts, I mean, even me, I don't like going to court. They yeah. are intimidating True. to go there and start before people who are dressed in big robes and yeah. you have to tell your story maybe they must wear tights or something <laughs> but a lot of the time they need to be honorable <laughs> <laughs> yeah you you can do it on your own but mm. always if if it's a complex matter you know for her the her matter was a bit easy because there was very little left on the bond they okay. had paid it for a long time yeah and, you know there was about eighty thousand rand wow. left on the bond mm. they could have lost the house for the yeah no with only that amount yes they could have mm. oh my goodness um, it's 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 a it's a weird situation it yeah. depends on whether you defend it what yeah. yes. what 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 mood the judge might be in yeah. on that day yeah. um in as much as you know we want judges to be um unbiased and all of those things everyone is human every now and again yeah. your mood does affect Dead how things yeah, yeah. Ha affect how things yeah. happen you know but i think this is easy so, because she went and yes. she says in many instances you know she said it. that day judgments were given left and right because people were not there to defend themselves yeah. which is normally the case people just don't go yes mm. they yeah. don't they don't go and they a lot of the judgments then they get default judgments and most people come to us when they the sheriff now has come to say in a month's time your house will be sold oh my goodness mm. wow we can talk like this for the whole day but we don't have the whole day i'm just happy that mary was helped yes. i'm happy that she exercised her right mm. to what is due to her which is being heard mm. by a court she could defend the matter as you say i mean you get 20 days and then yes. you get another month yes. and then you can go so there is time there's time for you yes. to go and go to people like you like mm. it was saying to get help mm. but also to get the advice that you need and even go to the court and state yes. your case you mm -hmm. know and for me what is important then that is the take home is that you save the home mm. you save the home wow wow yeah. i mean the marriage contracts i mean i i'm i'm a lot more empowered now i know i want an antinuptial with a cruel and all of that mm. oh my goodness so that's it folks uh we hope you enjoyed listening to us i i, I must say i'm absolutely educated now i'm so empowered it's time for Isengani Lengani with Akrua. <laughs> I mean, I walk out of here on a mission. <laughs> but if you want more information, you can go to our Insta page and there you will find each of our details and how you can contact Mahauta uh, and Ituseng Solutions and Tiniko and you will learn about all the services that they offer. 
But if you, like Mary, would like us to help you with any money issue in your relationships, you can send me on an email on zangazulugel at gmail.com. And like Mary, maybe we will discuss your issue here. Look out for our next episode. Until then, stay blessed. Thank you. Bye, guys. (laughs) Here's what you can expect on the next episode of What's Love, the podcast. So criminal, you can go to jail. Mm. You will have a criminal record. Mm. Civil, you will apologize to me retract or take back whatever it is that you said, mm. but you won't have a criminal record. Yes. Final question. If, for example, I chose your route and you refused, Mafuro says, oh, me, you know, you are gay, vele. we stubborn, and he doesn't see what has been wrong. Can you then, if you do not get satisfaction in a civil matter, mm. then pursue the criminal option? Yeah, that's a tricky situation of double, of double jeopardy. <laughs> you have to pick one because you 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 have to pick one because of double jeopardy. You can't say you wronged me. I want you to be punished, but also you wronged me. I want you no, sorry. I want reparations. You know because of the harm that you caused me. You have to pick either punishment or reparations. I'm talking about if he does not acknowledge, he does not want to apologize. You go the civil route. He doesn't want to apologize. If the court says he has to apologize, if he doesn't apologize, he's in contempt of court and you can uh, notify the court clerk Mm -hmm. and he'll get arrested. Let's assume you go and you go with a friend and you get there and the police are dismissive. What would you advise uh, Cindy to do? You know, um, I know there's IPED that uh, you can go to if you've not been treated well by the police. But what other tips do you have, um, Bev, if somebody goes well, and, um, you know, they, they can't, the police are dismissive? Well, I think there's a few things. One is to be very clear that the law is on your side. The law is on your side. If you are feeling threatened by somebody, you open a case. The police should open this case. You do not walk away without a case number. Obviously, you do not. I mean, we we do our best to not antagonize the police um, because if you're going to start swearing and being loud and all of that, then you're giving them the reasons to not work with you. But one of mm. the things that I mm. did was to ask for a different officer. But ask okay. nicely. And to continue to ask for somebody else. And we did not walk out without that police case number. We do not, you do not walk out without a case number. If you want to give us feedback on the podcast or you have a legal or finance matter that you would like some advice or assistance on, you can reach us via WhatsApp only or a voice note on 061-535-4623 or via email on zangazulugel at gmail.com. We will try to share information with you and where possible, 
Denyeko, who is a legal expert, will give you some advice on how to deal with your matter. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter using the handle at what's love underscore podcast. And you can also find us on Facebook on What's Love Podcast. Please note that the views expressed in this podcast do not represent the views of the Soul City Institute for Social Justice.